Welcome to Counter Stories, a show by people of color for people of color and everyone else. I'm Hali Lee, owner of the Other Media Group and producer of this show. And I'm Don Eubanks, associate of Dendros and member of the Malax Band of Ojibwe Indians. Unfortunately, both Luz and Anthony were unable to join us today as we did have to make a change in our usual recording time to accommodate our very special guest today. Heidi, would you like to introduce yourself and uh, where you are and kind of your connection to, to Minnesota? Sure. Um, so my name is Heidi Inman. I'm a member of the Sisseton Wapiton Oyate. And um, I am currently living in Germany. I moved here from Minneapolis, Minnesota, my home state. Um, I moved here in August for a job. And I've been, uh, prior to this, I was living in Minneapolis um, from 2016. And I was, you know, kind of involved in the community um, with the houseless population. Um, Before that, it was uh, doing supply runs out to Standing Rock um, and really just getting to know um, my Dakota community because the, you know, Minnesota, Minneapolis area is, you know, my ancestral homeland. So, um, yeah, and now I'm living in Germany. I'm living somewhere between Nuremberg and Munich. So, Heidi, I, you know, I got to I, I, I gotta mention that, you know, it's, it's um, as a member of the Mille Lacs Band, the Mille Lacs Band just purchased um, um, a Rosetta Stone of the Ojibwe language, and they made it free to us Mille Lacs Band members. But then they charge a small kind of fee for other folks who want to learn it that are native. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't know how expensive those things are. So it's hard enough, you know, my mom is a product of the boarding school. She was sent to Flandreau, South Dakota, and so she never taught us the language either. So it gives me an opportunity to try to learn Ojibwe. I have to ask before we move on, how the hell are you learning Lakota in Germany? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> it's, I think it's the, the Dakota Language Consortium. Um, Rainy Cloud is also a member of the Sisseton Wapiton Oyate, and she is one of the language teachers. So every Saturday I log on my computer. It's all virtual. And yep. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. You need to say no more. You know, the, the, the wonders <laughs> the of being online. The, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Here, I'm thinking she's all isolated over in Germany and she just hit, turns on her computer and she's connected. So, yeah. All right. Got it. And that's kind of how you connected <laughs> with this whole movement that you're a part of now um, in, in, in the area with all the uh, with Russia invading Ukraine. I mean, I, you, we're friends on social media, and we met through the arts organization in progress. Um, and you post it, you're like, anyone who knows me knows I'm not gonna, just going to sit here and stand still. Right. And then you you literally went and did stuff. I mean, what? how did that come about? Well, I think it was probably like the like day two into the war. I couldn't stop watching the news. And, you know, sort of just like what we do in crisis, I started eating my feelings. And then I, then I kind of felt like, okay, I can sit here and, you know, watch my computer screen, or I can get out there and do something. And so I uh, started scouring Facebook for groups that are helping to assist in, in Ukraine. And I stumbled upon uh just a just a little uh 
feed about this girl who was looking to help and her aid was going directly into the into Ukraine because she has an auntie uh, who is living in Chernobyl. And, you know, if anyone wanted to help. So I private messaged her and it just started a relationship. So what but did I, that relationship turn into? What exactly are you doing, Heidi? So what we're doing is um, we are collecting monetary donations. It's easier to shop here. Um, and so basically what we're, what, we're, what we're getting is a list from her aunt in Chernobyl. And it is a list for civilians and it's also a list for army. And so we are going out and purchasing items or ordering them from Amazon DE and um, just basically getting supplies to Ukraine. The Czech Republic was offering um, five boxes per person of humanitarian mail to go from the Czech Republic into Ukraine. And that is how we did the first drop. And I think the first drop I had was about a $1,200 donation worth of supplies, mainly food and things for um, women and babies. The second time around, I think it's been more like uh, close to $4,000. And um, it we had enough to fill a passenger van um, without the seats from aid from Vienna, aid from their town and their personal um, donations. And then the aid that I collected from all of my friends and actually people I have never even met in the States. Um, we, and that van actually went from Brno, Czech Republic to the border, um, the Ukraine border from Poland to Ukraine. And then it was driven into uh, Chernobyl. So there's, so there are folks who then are, helping out by driving those vehicles to deliver this yeah. stuff also that's part of this effort? It is, yeah. So is this a continuing thing that you're going to do, be doing during a duration of however long Russia stays in, in uh, Ukraine? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I may not, I've been doing it every week, but I think I may spread it out just a little bit just so that, you know, because the need changes. As more and more women and children leave Ukraine, you know, what's left. So it's feeding who stays behind. And it's also helping to feed the army because, you know, supply chain is some, in some places it's not able to, you know, go any further. And there are brave people who are going to do this. So yeah, I think so. I was just a, a, amazed by that. And, and the young woman that you began working with, um, so, uh, you shared a video with us and I just, I just wanted to play it quickly. I would like to show you that we have prepared all of the boxes, all of the donations for tomorrow's sending to Ukraine. Uh, we will load it into a van, which is going straight to the city, uh, called Ternopil, where my godmom, godsmom will receive it and then give it to all of the people that are in need and all of the places that she knows that need all of these things. Uh, and of course, to the army, uh, we would like to say a huge, huge thank you uh, to all of you who helped us to collect all of this stuff and to have uh, the ability to help Ukraine. We don't know you personally, but we would like to say a huge, huge thank you, especially to uh, Heidi, who um, organized all of this for us, uh, and tomorrow we will send all of it to Ukraine, and uh, afterwards we will show you where it went and how it is received in Ukraine. 
Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, but I didn't do it alone. So, <laughs> yeah. So tell me with about the, the 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 young woman you connected with and and um, the family and kind of how that caravan, right? This is really very much kind of that caravan of yes. you know, dropping off the supplies to one location and then adding to it and then dropping off those supplies to another location and then adding to it and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, um, so she's, she's pretty young. I want to say she's probably maybe in her mid twenties. Um, she has her own business that she runs. So, uh, so the history is their family are from Ukraine. Her mother moved to the Czech Republic about 25 years ago. And, um, but they have, they, her, so the grandmother, still lives in Chernobyl or in that region. And, um, you know, so, so they go back and forth, right? This it's where they're from. And I think the same thing, she is in the Czech Republic watching this happen to the country, you know, her, these are her ancestral homelands. This is where she's from. And she is feeling helpless too. Like, what can I do? And so, you know, we have the same mindset of, just we need to do something we need to help this is our community of sorts and people need us so when she put the post on facebook there was just something about reading this and then getting to know her through chat we both have the same concerns about you know trust we're we're, we're people are are putting a lot of faith in in sending me money to then buy things that will go directly to people in need. So, and the same thing is happening with her. She's getting um, money from Vienna, from other people. And so she wants to make sure that the donations that she is either purchasing or receiving are going to the people that they are meant for. So the common, the common bond here was, you know, caring for people, but also having that line of trust. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and then that's really all I can say is just we're just a group of women. Her mom is also helping out. And then we've got Ola, the um, godmom, but I'll call her auntie, her auntie um, Ola at the other end. And we're all just, I guess, four women trying to do what we do best is what take care of others. So, Heidi, you know, you mentioned that this young woman. So her grandma, her grandmother has no plans on leaving she was going to stay, you know, because she was going to help, you know, stay. And that was her sole intense purpose is to just stay. And, you know, this is where she's from. She didn't want to leave. I think now that things are starting to get a lot more um, dangerous and it's now spreading even further, the danger to cities that probably didn't see a whole lot of action in the beginning are now receiving refugees. And then, you know, at some point behind that will will come, you know, the violence. So she will be leaving Ukraine um, soon. They're going to arrange that for her. But you are, but you, but you two are going to continue these efforts, correct? Yes, as long as we have a contact that that can accept them for us, we will keep doing it. And if it comes to the point where it, it's no longer safe to get it into Ukraine then I probably would like to work with someone on other borders other than Poland, like Romania or someplace, because I feel like 
maybe the aid, I'm sure aid is getting to these other countries, but, you know, the focus is on Poland right now, but they are taking probably the majority of people. But I also want to help places that maybe aren't being thought of as much, but they're doing what they can. Mm-hmm. You know, I we sit back here, you know, we're way back here in Minnesota, and but this, you know, the the invasion of uh, Ukraine from by Russia is upsetting. You know, it, it's traumatic, and and so even though we're so far away, it impacts us daily. I mean, you, you get up, you know, you make your new word that I just learned in Ojibwe for for coffee, but I don't feel confident enough yet. <laughs> I, I think it's it's a Makadewa Makadewa Mashkigi. Wabu, and uh, and you have that. You have a couple cups of that, and you turn on the news, and it's it's the conflict in Ukraine, and and it's you know it's traumatic, and we keep hearing all these these horrible reports. It's live, you know. Reporters are are dying out there now. We see mm-hmm. pictures of of uh, rockets, you know, blowing up apartment buildings. Uh, mm-hmm. churches, schools, hospitals, they're attacking, you know, there, there's reports that as Ukrainians try to flee, they're actually being fired upon by mm-hmm. by Russian soldiers. I mean, so yeah, this is just totally out of hand. And then you throw in this threat of uh, the fact that, you know, the guy who's calling the shots over there... Um, Putin has this, you know, has this nuclear capability, and it so it it it's like you know, it it's just creating this horrible humanitarian need, and you know there are so many things that I think that that um that we could donate for, but something like this, where you know you as a uh, Dakota. In Germany, has a direct tie to someone who has connections to the Ukraine, and I know that you know. In, uh, as you were describing this, you mentioned the word trust, and it, and that is so. I, I think that is so important because I would mm-hmm. love to find a way to be able to help, you know, okay. and and what little way that I can. But I think that, you know, and, and, you know, here in the United States, we have all those typical ways, you know, there's all these kind of major kind of things. And, and, uh, but even, even with some of those, you know, um, I'm not sure. I just, you know, am hesitant. You never know, right. I mean, that's the thing is like, there's every time I open up emails or social media, it's like, donate to this, donate to that. It's going to Ukraine. But who knows? (laughs) Right. I mean, how you then learn about all the overhead, the administrative costs that come off your donation. So if you only have $50 to give, how much of that $50 is actually going towards the supplies or towards the aid? Right. And so when I saw Heidi's post on, on Facebook that she was doing this and she was looking for donations, I was like, OK, well, this is somebody that, you know, comes from our community and that I feel like is more trustworthy than some big agency out in New York or DC that's asking for, for money. And, and that's a big deal because 
my husband has been watching news 24 seven. Like he's obsessed with this. He was like, if, you know, I told him Luz and Anthony couldn't join us today. And he was like, all right, count me in. Like he has so many questions and he, you know, um, but he had to go to work. Uh, and one of the things he was like, you know, let's start booking Airbnbs. Cause that was a thing. Everybody was talking about you book Airbnbs in the Ukraine, but you don't actually go. So then I started looking at booking a bunch of Airbnbs. And then it comes to the point of like, okay, there's tons of properties. Who do you choose? Right? There's people who own the property. It might be Wait, their home. Hold, hold, hold on a second. Yeah. So what what would what would you two be accomplishing by booking Airbnbs? What would that be accomplishing? I mean, explain it to me so I understand what it is that you guys had in mind. By doing that. Okay. So, yeah. So basically you're booking an Airbnb that you'll never go to, but it is still helping out somebody financially because now, I mean, think about it. This could have been a time where people are starting to book trips to go visit Kiev for, you know, whatever food or to just sightsee. And now all that revenue is being lost because someone decided to wage a war against them. So perhaps this was a way to you know, buy extra groceries, buy extra gas, whatever. And so by booking the Airbnbs, you're still supporting the person who is um, opening up their home for people to come and stay. But uh, so, yeah, I'm not versed in Airbnbs. So, so the individual, so, so if the individual who owns that property, if they've left, if they've evacuated, and you and you still kind of rent that Airbnb. How how is that still helping them? If the they're, funds still go to them, so yes. okay. So so yeah. whether they're in Ukraine or not, it's mm-hmm. the idea of still supporting someone, right? Okay, okay. I mean, then that makes yeah. sense to me. I was just trying to figure yeah. out how yeah, how yeah. That so even if they fled, like the funds would still be there for them. But there are so many properties. You know, then you have to go through and you're selecting people. And I was like, I was like, okay, this feels weird now. Now I'm selecting, you know, who gets my 150 bucks. And then, you you know, I start thinking about when I've stayed in Airbnbs that are owned by property companies versus owned by a mom and pop or a family, you know. So then I was like, oh, my God, it's getting too complicated. What do I do now? How do I select? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to send money to Heidi, like, it's so much easier to do it that way because I don't want to sit here and look through a million profiles and try to select people based on their Airbnb profile. Because a lot of people yeah. don't tell you, you know, what, anything in that profile. And they don't have to. Um, so I can't, I feel like I just can't make a decision. And that's incredible. You guys are from a totally different generation because the last thing I would have ever thought of, because I've only rented an Airbnb one time and I was in Des Moines, Iowa. I would have never thought of 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 renting Airbnbs with the intent of not going as a way to get revenue to someone. You know what I mean? I just that that wouldn't cross my mind. That's incredible that you guys would even think about doing something like that. Seriously, you know, and and um but far wow. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> That's a totally different way of looking at it and, and uh, trying to get – because I'm the same way. I'm the same way, Hilly. I, I um, 
you know, I, I would like to contribute. You know, I, I, I feel helpless sitting here sometimes. You know, and I know there's, you know, traditional kind of historic kind of places. And, you know, the news has always got some kind of connection. But even then, uh, I, I don't know those individuals. And now that we've had this opportunity to kind of meet Heidi, and, you know, and, um, it gives me um, um, a real way where I think I can reach out and, and help. And uh, I still think it's incredible that that uh, that you you're in Germany and you met this individual online and it's developed into this an incredible support for for folks in the Ukraine. I think that's absolutely incredible that you that you're taking the time to do things like this, Heidi. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's it's like the least I can do. It's you know I'm I'm able to do it. It's the least I can do. People are in need. They're in dire situations. And, you know, I think just, you know, culturally, you know, we're supposed to care for one another. We're supposed to feed each other. We're supposed to welcome. And so, you know, it just seems like the natural event or the natural way to take care of people I don't even know. And and it is heartbreaking to see these, you know, the, their elders and the women and the children having to flee, you know, a life that they've, you know, that that they know. These elderly people who are, who've probably lived in in Ukraine for most of their lives, and now they're having to leave behind everything that they have. So, you know, if I can get fifty dollars to buy some cans of, you know, meals that they can heat up to eat then I think that's what I, I feel like I need to do. So how would, how do, how do people get money to you then? Sure. My Venmo is at Heidi, H-E-I-D-I dash Inman, I-N-M-A-N dash two. The picture on that is a black and white photo of me. Um, on PayPal, it's at I-N-N-I-E zero seven. And same thing, it's a black and white photo of me and if anyone needs a number, sometimes they ask you for a four-digit number. Um, it's eight seven three two. Perfect, thank you. We'll You're also welcome. be post. We'll also post that on our website and our socials. So if you didn't get a chance to write it down, please go to um, counterstories.com and we'll have that on there as well. And also, like when people send me money, I I I like their their. Um, donation and then i i usually type a little uh message so that you know that i've seen it and um yeah i mean it's it's what i and if i know you on facebook if i know you in an email i'll go ahead and send you another um notification that hey yeah thank you so much for donating i just saw it you know thank you to sit here and watch us day in and day out what are we on a 19th day now since the invasion something like that it's very depressing, you know. I I never thought that 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 uh, we would reach this point. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That that mm -hmm. somebody would be invading. Well, I I guess I can't say that because we we've it's happened have, like we have, eight years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. I well, yeah. When 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 they when they uh went into Crimea, mm -hmm. but you know, I'm. Uh, you would think that mm -hmm. we would be able to deal with things, but we've had conflicts all over the place, right? Mm. And uh, but this just feels so different for some reason. 
And you're absolutely right, Don. Uh, you know, we talk about the Middle Ages or the olden days when people were fighting for borders, and we thought we were past that, right? Where we're not fighting for borders anymore. And it's it's something that I guess we never really thought we'd have to deal with on this scale again. And it's so big just because there's that big threat of of world war, right? And and including so many more people. And it's scary to think of what it might become. I mean, I heard that like, um, so men 16 to 60 um, can't. I think it's 16 to 54 were were asked not to leave the country right. in, order, in order to stay in defense. And that's a, that's a scary thought when there has to be a rule like that, right? Or a request like that. That's a scary thought that we haven't had to deal with in, in my lifetime, and in most of our lifetimes. And so it's, it's like, it makes me very anxious. Like I think every morning, like I get up, I have my coffee and I make sure Zelensky's alive. Like that's my, my progress of the day, right? Cause <laughs> he is a leader. He has been like this unifying force, um, not only in Ukraine, but like across the world, you know, he addressed Congress and showed this very emotional video of just everything that's happening right now on the ground. And it's it's horrific. You can't watch that and not feel like, you know, we have to do something. And for many of us who are not lawmakers, who are not in Congress, you know, we feel helpless. And to know mm-hmm. that there are people like Heidi who... um who have the ability and the want to go out and do this is it's inspiring. It gives you a little bit of hope when you, you feel hopeless in this situation. You know, I think of, it makes me think of my parents and how they had to flee their homeland and there wasn't anybody trying to get supplies to them. Right. Right. It was, you may get here and, you know, maybe you can live in these really terrible camps for a while, but you got to make it here and no one's going to help you along the way. And so I feel like, you know, we're able to, even though we're not taking these refugees directly because we're not sharing a border, that that this is our way of helping that other groups haven't had the chance to benefit from before. Right. And, and that's exactly, that's exactly how I feel. And I know that this is not the only thing that's going on, any, the only conflict that's going on in the world, but Mm -hmm. it's literally next door to me. So it just feels like the right thing to do. So Heidi, what is your routine like as far as getting the supplies there? I mean, you're, you say you're in Germany and she's in Czechia. Uh, like, is that like a whole two hour, two day drive to get there and back? Or, you know, what does that look like? Okay. So, um, yeah, so I shop locally and then, um, when I've got everything boxed up and ready to go, it is to get to, from my doorstep to theirs, it's about a six hour drive. Okay, not bad. So it's it's really not that bad. Um, but for the trip from uh, Brno in the Czech Republic, it is about a 16-hour maybe trip for them one way to get to the border. Hmm. 
Wow. So to put that in reference, I'm I'm trying to think. Six hours from the Twin Cities, we're either in Chicago, Des Moines, Iowa, or somewhere in South Dakota. Right? Yeah. We're not even to any particular maybe the Corn Palace, right? In six <laughs> hours. I mean, I I mean just to put it in perspective, right? And and um so you know that because six hours isn't that bad, but it and I think sometimes we tend to think that countries tend to be a little bit closer in Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, that helps visually just to kind of put it in place. But it is that is doable, though, right? It, mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So I was I woke up at like six o'clock in the morning and got on the road and I was there by like noon, one o'clock, depending on how many stops I made. But, you know, it's a pretty, it's a, it felt like a pretty straight shot. I'm on the Audubon pretty much um, out of Germany and then the same um, road system in the Czech Republic. So it's pretty, it was a pretty easy drive. It's a straight shot. The road that I um, drive on is a trucking road seemingly across the Czech Republic into the other countries that um, I guess that receive goods and supplies. But, you know, I mean, this war could go on for a long time. And you guys doing this every week seems like a lot. Especially with that drive from Bruno to Chernobyl. That's a 15, 16 hour drive one way. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. And so I think that, um, you know, we are taking a, a bit of a break so that we can kind of sort of collect ourselves and to see how how we can move forward with this. I don't think any any of us expected it to, to last this long. So mm-hmm. you know it it's it's a bit overwhelming and you know we want to continue to help and if we can't do this there I do have a, a contact in Kiev who is uh a young man who is living in Kiev and he he can't leave the country either. So what he is doing is he's helping the elderly that either cannot leave or couldn't or didn't want to leave. And he is basically uh, taking monetary donations himself and he is uh, shopping for food and delivering it to the people that he has been caring for. But he's also made, mm-hmm. fr- you know, he's got friends in in Kiev because that's where he lives. And mm-hmm. there are people who are doing the same thing across the city. So they'll 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 take funds and they'll help each other out. Mm-hmm. He takes photographs of what the food shelves look like there in um, Kiev right now in his neighborhood, and and they're pretty bare. You know they're mm. they're going to run out of food, and if there are any humanitarian um, aid drops, they may not necessarily be in his neighborhood. Right. So access right. to that food that's that's you know being given out isn't available for everybody, but it's also really dangerous to go across the city. Yeah, I think that's something that people don't really know is, you know, when they think, oh, well, we're dropping boxes and boxes of food. It's dangerous to go and get those boxes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you're out in the open a lot, of, a lot of that time. You're making yourself very vulnerable. And, you know, I don't think that cities is really the place where they're dropping things from the sky, you know, resources. 
and supplies from the sky for you. So I can imagine that being very difficult. And I can, you know, when you say like elders who don't want to leave, like I, I can imagine people going, oh, you're, you know, your country's under attack. Why aren't you leaving? I can just imagine my grandma, like she would be one of those people who's just like, yeah. nope, <laughs> I'm not leaving. This is my home. I'm not leaving. Too bad. Tough luck. You know, she would definitely be one of those those holdouts of like, no, this is where we made home. This, you know, we're not going to leave because some bullies are coming through. Um, you got, you know, it's scary, but you have like, you kind of have some respect for that too on on one hand, right? It's like. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and the, I think like what I've seen in the news too is, is the idea of if I can leave, where am I going to go? Right. Because a lot of these folks, unless they have contacts in those other countries, they're going into those countries as basically agencies, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever their federal agencies would be. I'm assuming yeah. or no doubt. I think Don's so. shaking his head. Well, <laughs> you know, I think that um, not all countries um, are set up like what we're kind of used to here in the United mm, States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so while there, you know, there probably is some kind of, of system that uh, exists to help individuals, but it may, you know, it could, it could be through government. It could be through churches. It could be through other kind of, organizations mm-hmm. um, or could or definitely through efforts like what Heidi is doing with with other individuals but I think every country is a little bit different I think the latest report is that 2.8 million if not more closer to three million Ukrainians have fled most have gone to Poland and I can't you know that's a lot of people for yeah. one country to absorb and um so are, are you aware that maybe some of those folks are, are might be, you know, they go to Poland and if they're not resettled there, they're they're kind of filtering through Poland into other uh, European countries? Is that what's yeah, happening? I think, I think what they, yeah, I think what they're doing is countries are, there's, they're pretty well organized as far as, you know, this country is able to take so many people in and here's an opportunity because we've got, we've got a house that is, is, you know, maybe has like a, like a grandma apartment and they can take in a family of four. So people are, are willing to do that. And then you've got people here who are also, some are charging people money and then some are doing it free of charge is getting them from the Polish border to let's say Spain or to Portugal or to other places that that are taking in refugees as to soften the impact on the countries that are that have been heavily receiving people. So, you know, we're here we're here like watching, you know, the news or reading what's going on and I feel like at least in my circle like everybody's super focused on it and super anxious. Is that the feeling that you're getting um there? in Europe as well and kind of in Germany, like are people super anxious and nervous about it as well? I don't know. I mean, I think because, you know, I still, you know, practice all my COVID. Uh, I don't go 
a lot of places. So I, mm-hmm. and I don't really know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I know that um, I think that they're very concerned and I think that they're very supportive of Ukraine in general. And I, and I think that because I've also seen their, you know, wanting to take people in, are they nervous? I'm, I'm sure there are people who are, I know that when I went on a walk the first couple of days that that this was this was happening, there were visibly people who were probably out doing the same thing. And they were probably, you know, really concerned about the state of the world. I mean, we're not that far from Ukraine. I mean, we we are kind of far, but I mean, really, as a whole of Europe, we're not that far. So I'm sure this the the concern is here, and I'm sure that. And I, and I do believe that shows because of the outpouring of people who are wanting to help. You know, when we were doing our show last week, our grab bag show, we were like, mm-hmm. how do we address this invasion of Ukraine? And we really, we really didn't know how because it's, it gets so political and it gets so emotional. And, you know, it was hard for us to think of, of how we would be able to address this in a way of, really not only showing our support for the people who are suffering, but also in a way that, you know, connects us as, as Minnesotans, connects us as, you know, BIPOC people in Minnesota. Like, and mm-hmm. so, you know, hearing all the great things that you're doing, having only lived in that neighborhood or that area for like six months or so, um, and really branching out and really figuring this all out, I mean, it, it really is very inspiring. And so I guess as we're closing out here, you know, what are the messages that you'd like to folks um, not in Europe to, to take away from, from our discussion today and, and from the work that you've been doing? You know, I think that, you know, if, if there's any way that, that people can help with, you know, in any way that makes them feel good, whether it's taking, you know, canned goods to a collection place, even if it's taking some things from your own home, you know, and, and that, that helps your heart. Um, I think that maybe however it is that you pray, however it is that you think of people, whether you put tobacco down and, and, um, you know, just really think about and, and praying and, and the thought of, you know, hopefully this ends for them soon. Um, you know, and if you can't, and if you can't, you know, monetarily or physically donate, if you see something that, that hits your heart as far as a post or something that you want to share, um, that has been done with me in, in the work that I'm doing here is there are some people I know who, who just financially can't contribute. So sharing a post, you know, you, you never know what that generates. And just to, I guess, you know, just to think about really uh, the people of, of Ukraine, I, I just, I feel that they're, you know, they're just like you and I, you know, they're just trying to live their lives. They, you know, just trying to exist. And this awful, horrific event is happening and, you know, and it's going to change the face of the country. It's going to change the lives of so many. And, um, I don't know, just, you know, do what you can. And if you can't do something for people in Ukraine, do something locally. Thank you for that. And, and 
Again, I'm saying it again, but thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. I know you're seven hours ahead of us, so it's pretty late there. I am uh, in awe and inspired by you, Heidi. So thank you for being on Counter Stories. I'm Halili, owner of the Other Media Group and producer of this show. Don Eubanks, associate of Dendros and member of the Black Band of Ojibwe Indian. And our special guest today, Heidi, do you want to sign off? Sure. Um, thank you for having me on Counter Stories. And uh, I appreciate you, you know, being interested in what I'm doing here. You know, I'm just, I feel like I'm just this small person, but, uh, you know, bringing a little life to what is happening here just from someone's perspective, I think is, is really good. And it helps open the eyes of people just, you know, out of curiosity or care. And I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. If, if our listeners are interested in helping out Heidi's mission with these other women, you can find her PayPal and Venmo information on our social media, as well as our website, counterstories.com. Thanks for joining us. This has been Counter Stories, a co-production of the Counter Stories crew, the other media group, and Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. For a full conversation, please visit counterstories.com. Counter Stories.